This Washington Post Live podcast is sponsored by Comcast NBC Universal. Since 2011, their Internet Essentials program has connected more than 8 million low income Americans to low cost, high speed internet at home. You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to life on stage. With the closure of K-12 schools, remote learning, and calls for social distance, millions of American students are learning, living, and playing almost exclusively online. Yet there remain critical hurdles to access and adoption of internet solutions for many American households. In this segment, Deutsche Bank's Global Head of Technology Investment Strategy, Epjeet Walia, joins the Washington Post to talk about the digital divide. I want to welcome Abjit Walia to the Washington Post Live and our guests and our audiences to share what it is that we can do to close the digital divide in a global pandemic. Thanks for coming on today. Hello, Eugene. Great to be here. Awesome. So one way you think we should solve uh, this problem is for big tech companies to do something few companies seem to ever do, which is give away something for free. Can you talk about that a bit and, and what is it exactly that you have in mind? Yes. Yeah, so we approached the study looking at the digitization divide in the country. Of course, COVID has brought it out of the open and we approached with an open mind looking at what's going on between rural and urban, skilled, unskilled, educated, un and, and uneducated, and unfortunately find the access to technology in the country has a lot to do with the color of your skin. And the divide in the urban cities, uh, be it people of color, black and Hispanic and others, is staggering. And we saw in our data, uh, black and Hispanic families 10 years behind others in broadband penetration. Four times more black Americans say they have poor tech connectivity. PC penetration, 20 to 30 percent gap between black Hispanic families and others. So the gap is fairly strong uh, and, and it's persistent. Um, and then COVID gave us a litmus test as to what it could do. And we looked at geolocation data, hourly mobility in neighborhoods around the country in big cities, uh, black neighborhoods and others, and found mobility in black neighborhoods was 135 percent higher in the month of April when, when COVID was max lockdown. Essentially, lack of access to work from jobs, lack of access to connectivity, essentially prevented them vulnerable to step out of their homes. So tech today, as, as rightly said in the previous segment, is not just about quality of life. If you don't have good tech, it could be a death sentence. That is why it's so important for this to be connected to long-term returns of tech. And we talk about the industry, we look at it in terms of most industries, if we go back last couple hundred years, who are so successful as big tech has been, it's benefited so much to do the e-commerce curve being pulled forward primarily during COVID. Industries make a mistake. And right now, we have a large underbelly uh, of, of this e-commerce demand curve, which is hurting a big part of society, the ones who are not as digitized. We did a study, and we looked at if the gap, this digital gap, is not addressed, and we go back, go, go forward 25 years, and the way digitization works, it could happen faster. In one generation alone, eight out of 10 jobs in the country would be out of reach for lots, what, 60 to 80% of minorities because the level of skill gap there exists. So this becomes an issue for big tech companies where big part of the market is going to be vulnerable. And that, that's why I believe it's not just about giving something for free. I believe it's investment, which helps them in the long run. You know, Abjit, I hear every point you're making, but some people would hear that and say, uh, you want big tech companies to give away millions to low income Americans so that they can go online. What's in it for the companies? Okay, so th this, is, this is a very important point. One, big tech is getting largely unpopular in the country. Our research shows one out of three Americans are upset with big tech, what's happening in China and the digitization, and, and they have a lot of issues with privacy. So doing something which is bipartisan will build a lot of goodwill. 
in the country. That is important. The second thing is if you were to look at markets overseas and the way investments work, so look at emerging market and say, let's compare the demographic I'm talking about. It's about 30 million people, incomes under 30,000 people of color living in the big cities. Let's look at their level entrenchment in tech and compare it to, say, a country like India. This demographic is three times the purchasing power of, of Indian, in the Indian market and, and is a market which is growing in the country, in New York, LA, Chicago, in the cities of in the country. And if you be talking about a plan, which is $15 billion, which provides access to, to tech, uh, connectivity, hardware, and most importantly, training to middle school and high school students, which essentially is an ecosystem of mentorship, so they get digitized. Most of our research showed that digital inequity early on in life has a major outcome later in life. And that's why I believe, we believe this is important. And a lot of our studies showed that there's a high correlation between access to tech and access to tech skills and increase of earnings and then income 12 months later, especially in families of color. So if you were to look at this plan of 15 billion we're talking about, let's compare it to what I said earlier, India, uh, a country where big tech is going in. In the last two months, big tech and others have invested close to $20 billion. So because of its emerging market. So let's frame that. There's a market here in the country. And we're saying if you put in $15 billion over the next five years, you're looking at a market which will grow and will be multiple returns uh, for, for big tech if that step is taken. I want to thank you again for coming on Post Live to share these ideas with us. I imagine you've shared them with big tech before now, and I'd be interested in hearing what type of feedback you've received. Is, is any of this realistic? Yes, you know, we, we're an inductive species and data has been presented in a current way. Uh, this is about money. But it's also about rolling up the sleeves and stepping in and doing it. And I think industries, sometimes the, the, the focus has to be there. I believe that's part of the study to be able to enlighten people. And I think we're making, we, we're making a, a step in the right direction. A lot of positive feedback saying if we can align the, the investment in these communities with the commercial interest, because a lot of happens, the change happens in societies because of economic gain. If you align the two, uh, as, as a narrative, will make a major impact. I believe we're going in that direction. How can you tell when we're actually moving in the right direction on this issue uh, from when you're just being paid lip service regarding buy-in? That's, that's, that's very true. I spoke to a lot of academia, HBCU professors. There's a lot of tokenism which has happened, and that's why we're sitting here with this inequity in society. I believe, you know, if I do this report a year from now and I look at my, my data and we see the gap reducing, I see in the numbers, we see a linearity which starts to see the gap going down. That's when we say the step is right direction. Uh, tokenistic announcements don't help. The actual data, bottom-up data when we survey shows Black and Hispanics not 10 years behind. The penetration rate's changing. That's when we start to see a difference. You know, one approach to uh, the digital divide that we are hearing quite often is about uh, the issue of, of, of rights and this being a civil right. The access to internet is, is a fundamental right, even a prere prerequisite uh, to being able to function completely in a modern society. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, absolutely. You know, COVID showed us the lack of access to connectivity and tech can have a major impact on one's life, one's health. So yes, I do believe going forward, this is something which is going to change globally and just especially in the U.S., where our technicity is going to become a fundamental right.
I've also uh, read some of your work and seen interviews, and you've talked about uh, the digital divide being a ticking time bomb, uh, the idea that, you know, we don't have forever to address this issue. And, and you've even been a bit disappointed uh, that there's still been some resistance to moving forward uh, in the direction that you deem it's best. Can you talk a bit about the reasons for that resistance? Uh, I, I think one has to accept reality. This, you know, it's very important to know the data is there, which shows this gap. Um, so I'm going to give you a perspective from, a, from an investment perspective. Uh, if you look at the spectrum of digitization, what it's doing um, globally, uh, and you look at, say, the country, as you break it from 1 to 100, from skilled to unskilled, what digitization is doing, or big tech is doing, is essentially through the automation that's sucking our productivity from the bottom half of the skill force and transferring through a wealth effect to the top 5%. That's why the, the question I was always asked, why are the markets not reflecting the underlying economy or what's happening in the underlying country? That disconnect is there. And then on top of that, you've got this, this powerful backstop from quantitative easing, which has gone on for quite some time, uh, which provides liquidity to these companies and the markets, where every time there's some slowdown or correction, the backstop gives them the ability to behave and go out there and take uh, to uh, uh, globally and acquire more. And I think this virtuous loop is what's creating this issue. And if it's not, if it's not something addressed, the digital gap is not addressed, we believe in 25 years, large swath of society will have major issues with the, with, with the work of, of the jobs which we presented. And I think that has to be looked at. Uh, and, and big tech has the know-how, has the skills, it has the resources to come and address this. Well, Abji, I really appreciate you coming on Post Live to address this issue with us and educating our viewers on this very important topic. Thank you. Great to be here. Indeed. Thanks for listening. To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at WashingtonPostLive.com.